Hello everyone, my name is Brennan Marr. That noise you're hearing is my ventilator. And welcome to Page Turners They Were Not, my Star Wars podcast. Before we begin, I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. In fact, I live not far from Gilroy. Some of you may be aware that there was a shooting at a one of the food festivals in Gilroy. This is a very sad moment. The gunman is dead, as are three other people, and several have been injured. This is very unfortunate, but I am happy to say that my family and friends are safe. I just thought I'd bring that up before we begin. So, today I would like to talk about my favorite Star Wars characters and give you a list of my top 15 favorites. Just FYI, there will be several noticeable absences from this list, and that is not to say that I do not like the characters that are on this list. This is more of a characters that I love that maybe aren't the ones that immediately come to mind or immediately occupy most people's minds, though there are some that are definitely going to be common among fans. Without any further ado, let's go with this. Now, I'm going to give you the bottom 13, which are in no particular order, but the top two are in a particular order. Those below number two are sort of, uh, you can arrange them in any way and it'd be fine with me. So let's begin with number 15. With Orson Krennic. Director Krennic was introduced in Rogue One, played by the wonderful Ben Mendelsohn. And he conveys such menace. It's hard to create a good villain for Star Wars, especially when they have to always be compared to the great villains that came before. Krennic is a middle management ladder climber. He's always trying to curry favor. He's um, menacing. He wants to climb the ranks. And he gets pretty upset when Tarkin takes control of the Death Star. But understandably so, but I think Krennic is a great character because I think you really feel that he is a threat. And I, to me, he comes off as very memorable. And also, being a villain who's not the top dog, which is actually kind of interesting to see. Number 15, Orson Krennic. Number 14, ah, Tarkin. Speaking of guys who are at the top of the ladder, in fact, the very guy who took the Death Star away from Krennic, 
Grand Moff Tarkin is a great character. Yet again, brought to life by a brilliant actor. In this case, the great, dependable Peter Cushing. Tarkin is a one-and-done villain, but he leaves an impression. And I think that's thanks to the actor and the writing. And I think Tarkin embodies everything the Empire stands for. He's very Nazi-ish, you know, which, of course, is an obvious parallel to the Empire, but I think he embodies that sense of, yes, I'm an underling, but I'm still gonna make my mark. And in a way, he's kind of his own man. Even as an underling, he seems to be afforded a lot of power. So number 14, Tarkin. Number 13, Chirrut and Baze. This is a double act. This is the blind monk and his bodyguard from Rogue One, a Star Wars story. The blind monk is Chirrut Imway, brought to life by the incomparable Donnie Yen. And of course, being Donnie Yen, does some great martial arts. With his sidekick, Baze Malvis. Both of these characters, to me, are some of the more memorable characters of Rogue One. I have to confess, I don't find Jin or Cassian that interesting. Chirrut and Baze, I think, are great. And I think they bring such personality. And Chirrut acts as a spiritual guide without actually being a Jedi. And I think that's very interesting. So number 13, Chirrut and Baze. Number 12, Watto. Now, I know what you might be thinking. Isn't Watto an ethnic stereotype? Uh, it can be argued that he is. That's true. But he still, for me, I find him appealing because he's a scallywag. Because he's a... He's, he's not good, but he's not bad. He's kind of a money, you know, money talks kind of guy. And I find him to just be very compelling in that sense of being a bit shady. Being a bit easily manipulated into gambling because he's kind of addicted to it. And, you know, for the most part, he treats Anakin okay. At least from what we see on screen. And is very pleased to see Anakin when Anakin returns in Attack of the Clones. So Watto to me is is kind of a character who's in that gray area of good guy and bad guy. And there's something about those kind of characters that I find appealing. Number 12, Watto. Number 11, Qui-Gon Jinn. Oh, I love Qui-Gon. Brought to life, of course, by Liam Neeson. Qui-Gon to me is one of the is probably the most interesting character of the Phantom Menace. And arguably the main character of the Phantom Menace. Uh, the character, like Watto, is kind of walks that. I mean, he's certainly a, a good guy. He's not quite like Watto, who's a bit amoral. But Qui-Gon is follows his own path. He doesn't follow the path that anyone sets 
ahead of it. And if he had not been kind of a renegade, maybe renegades are over, if he had not been a maverick, the Jedi may never have discovered the Chosen One. It was Qui-Gon who's like, I think this kid's the Chosen One. He takes him to meet the Council. And the Council's like, yeah, whatever. But Qui-Gon firmly believed it. And it's this maverick side that ultimately changed the galaxy. For the better and for the worse. And Qui-Gon, I think, is probably the best written character in the prequels, which is, uh, well, except maybe for another character we'll get to later. And that's saying something, considering the, I, I still believe that the characters in the prequels were not well written, but, you know, whatever. So, Qui-Gon Jinn, number 11. Number 10, K2SO. Ah, uh, good grief, everyone's favorite back-talking droid. Always with a sassy comment. The real comic relief of Rogue One, a movie that needs a bit of comic relief. Brought to life in great, wonderful motion capture. Absolutely believable by the great Alan Tiddick, who is an accomplished voice actor as well as an actor best known for his work as Wash in Firefly. Which, by the way, if you've not seen Firefly, become a brown coat and watch that show, I tell you. So K2SO, number 10. Number 9, Jabba the Hutt. Ah, uh, Boshuda. Yet again, like Watto, he's... Not a good guy. Of course, he's probably worse than Watto. But there's something appealing about his slug. And I'm talking about Jabba the Hutt from Return of the Jedi. Jabba is so delightfully evil. He's kind of the, the godfather of the galaxy. Which I think brings to mind why we find gangsters and mobsters so interesting. But there's a fascination with, that we have with them. And Jabba is just a delightful character to watch how he kind of relishes his, his corpulence, his, his, his riches. He kind of, like a king on his throne, he just, he's king of all the land and he just relishes every moment of it. So, number nine, Jim the Hutt. Number eight, BB-8. I love BB-8. BB-8 is just a, 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 a hilarious and cute and just energetic ball of ball. I was going to say he's a ball of energy, quite literally. BB-8, I think from the moment that we meet him, we fall in love with him. Maybe that's because he's a practical effect, but also that he's used well in the story. 
I was very happy to learn that he was a practical effect. Brought to life in a, in a variety of ways. Remote control, puppet, or animatronic, even CGI in some shots. But what a great character. And the moment that we got to meet him on stage at Star Wars Celebration, everybody fell in love with him. In fact, I'm looking at my uh, Funko of him right now. I love this little guy. So, BB-8, another one of my favorite characters. You know, I wrote this list in a number, but I changed the order, and now I've gotten a little lost where I was. Let me just look here really quick. Do forgive me, folks. That was extremely unprofessional of me. Okay, so number eight, BB-8. Number seven, Tobias Beckett. Yes, Tobias Beckett, I absolutely love. Yet again, brought to life by a wonderful actor, Woody Harrelson. And Woody Harrelson, I swear, he's been in everything lately. But the real neat part about it is that he does such a fantastic job as Beckett as being this scallywag and ne'er-do-well. Which, of course, Woody Harrelson is awfully good at. He gives a great performance. He has that shady yet lovable demeanor. I just absolutely love him. So number seven, Tobias Beckett. Alright, number six, Kylo Ren. I think Kylo Ren is a fantastic villain, a fantastic addition to Star Wars. So much has been said about him that I really can't add any more other than Adam Driver gives a great performance. In fact, I think the way Kylo Ren is written and the way he's performed is akin to, I think, what Anakin should have been. But that's a debate for another time. Kylo Ren, my number six. Number five, Ray. Yes. Ray. I loved Ray from the moment we first met her. The moment that score started playing when she took off her mask after scavenging through the Star Destroyer, I've been in love with her since then. In love with the character, I mean. I don't have a crush on, on the character in that sense. But we, I think we as a fandom generally fell in love with this character. I think Daisy Ridley, who basically they plucked from obscurity, does a fantastic job in the role. And amazing to take this this unknown actress and make her the lead in a Star Wars movie. That takes guts, and they did a great job. And I absolutely love the character of Rey. Number four, old Obi-Wan Kenobi. Now, this is because 
I prefer Ellen Guinness as Obi-Wan. Ewan McGregor, I don't think, does a good job in The Phantom Menace. I think he's got some awful dialogue in Attack of the Clones. And I think he's pretty good in Revenge of the Sith. Uh, don't get me wrong, in his performance in Attack of the Clones, it's just his dialogue's awful. So, I prefer the Alec Guinness, the older version of Obi-Wan, and I think it's probably because of Alec Guinness. Alec Guinness is, as we know, one of the finest actors ever to grace the screen. If you have not seen a lot of the other films that he was in, I cannot recommend them enough. Florence Arabia, his Oscar win for Bridge on the River Kwai, and other things such as uh, David Lee's version of Great Expectations. Starring a very young Alan Guinness. Alan Guinness brings so much to this role, brings so much weight and gravitas, and even brings moments of acting that we can interpret as subtext, whether or not that was intentional. He, as an actor, brings his A-game, and it absolutely pays off. Number three, Darth Vader. Specifically, Darth Vader, not Anakin Skywalker. Uh, particularly, Darth Vader in The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. So much has been said about Vader that I I don't even know what to add other than all the actors who bring him to life do a great job. The arc of the character, especially in the original trilogy, going from a stock villain to in A New Hope to being one of the greatest movie villains of all time in The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Getting to see the more human side of Vader, getting to see into his soul, fantastic. Number three, Darth Vader. Number two, we're coming into the home stretch. Yoda. Gosh, I love Yoda. Frank Oz, I don't think it's enough credit. I mean, he does get credit, but I think he deserves even more credit. We're taking this puppet, this green-wrinkled puppet, who the uh, film critic Pauline Kael described as, he looks like a wonton who speaks like a fortune cookie. Uh, by the way, she didn't like Star Wars, but she loved The Empire Strikes Back. Just to be clear. If you hear anybody say Pauline Kael hated Star Wars, that's only true about the first film. And I don't think she hated it, but whatever. I like her description of Yoda. He does look like a wonton, and he does speak like the fortune cookie. Yoda has so many quotes that are applicable to so many things. Yoda is one of the most iconic characters of Star Wars. And his backwards way of speaking has become very popular. So Yoda, my number two. And number one, drum roll please. Palpatine. Yes. I have told you many, many times why I like this character. I think what what can I add more to this other than Ian McDermott brings such brilliance to the role. And I'm talking about Palpatine in all the movies he's appeared in.
And the reason is, even in the prequels, when there was a lot of stiff acting, a lot of really painful scenes to get through, every time he was on screen, I was riveted. Yes, he does go completely over the top. But let's be clear. That is part of the fun of Star Wars. Is to have this completely over the top uh, performances, larger than life. And Eve McDermott completely goes over the top. With such relish. With such joy. Almost a sadistic pleasure in being evil. It, it's, 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 he's so iconic, and his, his dialogue has become super iconic. You know, young fool, things like, uh, I would make it legal, you know, just the lines are just, you know, dripping with quotability. And he just absolutely enjoys every word he says. I, I think that's why he likes talking slow. He likes how it sounds coming out of his mouth. The, the dark side of the force. So my number one is the Emperor himself, is Palpatine. And I am very interested to see how he's going to be involved in the Rise of Skywalker. So those are my top 15 favorite Star Wars characters. Uh, soon I will be doing a list of my favorite Star Wars characters that are not in the movies. That should be fun. To look at other characters in the Star Wars canon that have not made it on the big screen yet. So that will be coming soon. For now, those are my top 15 favorite Star Wars characters of all time. Let me know yours. My name is Brendan Moore, and that noise you're is my Manwainer. And thank you for tuning in to Page Turners They Were Not, my Star Wars podcast. May the Force be with you.